A text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our epistle reading for today from Romans chapter 5, and especially these verses. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Philip Yancey, a rather popular Christian author, once entitled a book he wrote, The Gift of Pain. He wrote it as a tribute to a doctor that he had worked with over the years. You see, this doctor had done significant research into leprosy and its treatment, living for times with the lepers themselves. And one of the things this doctor learned about leprosy was that the disease itself actually resulted in the people who had it not being able to feel pain. Many of the skin issues that the lepers had were the result of a person injuring themselves and simply not feeling that they had done so. And through this, this doctor came to learn that pain, indeed, was a gift from God. If one did not feel pain, they could injure themselves greatly. They could cause trouble to their bodies. And yet, I suppose, even with that being true, I doubt anyone in the moment of intense pain looks at it as a gift. The same might be said for suffering. In the moment when one is suffering, I suppose there are few natural songs of thanksgiving and praise that come to mind. And yet today in our epistle reading, the Spirit says to us that suffering should be thought of as a gift from God as well. He says that this God uses suffering in our lives to produce things like endurance and character and hope. This week, there has been a lot of talk about the possible suffering that a virus could bring upon individuals or communities. I don't care for a moment today to spend moments that could be spent talking about other things to talk about whether all that talk is well-founded or overblown. What I do want to talk about is this one fact. When something like this is spoken of, it reveals something else. Yes, when possible mass suffering is talked about, it reveals something about us as a people. For have you noticed unquestionably this week that when the possibility of mass suffering is spoken of, people react strongly one way or the other. Why is that? Why do we act so strongly? Well, I would suggest that it is because, by the grace of God, most of us living today have not, at least for decades, experienced the kind of suffering that is being talked about. I suppose in many ways, if other people that lived in other days or times looked in on the lives that you and I lead here in America in the recent decades, they would be absolutely amazed at the lack of suffering that we endure daily. 
Most of us here do not know what it is, or at least have not for a very long time known what it is to truly be worried about food and shelter and clothing on a regular basis. We have not experienced the horrors of war being fought right on our own soil. Most of us do not remember a time when a disease truly injured or killed large parts of the community. Yes, we have gone to great lengths as a society and had some fairly good success at eliminating many forms of suffering that have afflicted other people in other times. And as for us Christians in America, we must admit that when it comes to experiencing real suffering for our faith, well, we have little experience with that either. Paul certainly is referencing that also when he talks about suffering here. But we have to say that weird looks or a little pressure to tone it down at work or having the reputation at school of not being cool because of your beliefs, well, it's hardly worth mentioning if one knows anything about what other Christians are enduring. I'm not suggesting this morning that no one here has suffered. That would be a ludicrous statement to make. But I am saying that collectively, as modern American Christians, we have been quite free from the suffering, that kind of suffering that endures long and affects large portions of humanity at once. When we speak of suffering, we typically think of our anxieties and the despair that we carry around inside ourselves. We don't have worries about food and clothing and shelter often, or at least not rational ones, but we do have worries. We've got plenty of them. Again, if someone from a different age were to jump inside our brains and see the amount of worry that we harbor there, I think they'd have to assume that we're enduring a lot more than we actually are. For while having much, we are often miserable. Why is that? Well, suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character, in the end, leads us to have proper Christian hope. Perhaps in one way, our utter unfamiliarity with these kinds of suffering, those kinds of suffering that most of humanity has endured, has led us to not have a lot of endurance. Perhaps, because we have not endured real suffering consistently enough, we simply don't have the character that we should have. Perhaps we're so down and out because our hopes often are not centered on eternal life with God, but instead are centered on this life. Because it's been so close to good that we think if we could just tweak over here and tweak over there, this world would become heaven on earth. Is it possible that part of our modern misery is not that we endure too much suffering, but that we are utterly unfamiliar with it? But if so, what's the answer? If we lack endurance and character and have misplaced hopes because suffering has largely been absent, what are we to do? What is the cure? I don't know about you, but I don't plan to start praying that God is going to bring more suffering 
upon us. Oh, he may know that is what we need in his infinite wisdom, and he may bring it upon us, but we're certainly not taught to ask for it. So what should we do? Well, what about this instead? What if we actually took up the very disciplines that Jesus assumed would be practiced among his people? What if we did them consistently? If they were a a regular part of our patterned life? What disciplines? Well, let's take prayer and charity and fasting, just to name three. And why should we consider these when it comes to suffering? Well, think about it. At the very least, each of those things at least simulates suffering in our lives. And if we dedicated ourselves to these things, I think we would notice that we are missing things. You see, prayer, it takes time away from other things. And we value time greatly in our world. Charity, it takes money away from our bank accounts that we could use on ourselves or plan for the future. And we value our money. And fasting, well, it takes away the pleasure our flesh derives from things like food and drink. And we value those pleasures. Losing valuable time to prayer, valuable money to charity, and valuable pleasure as fasting or to fasting is a form of suffering, even if it is in a very small dose. Perhaps returning to the regular practice of these things Jesus told us to do might well teach us a little endurance and might develop in us over time character. Perhaps our hopes would get less and less tied to this world and more and more tied to the one that is to come. You see, Jesus has given us these disciplines in order that we might have the experience of suffering even when graciously he spares us from other forms of suffering. Through them, he prepares us for times of larger forms of suffering. He prepares us so that in times of more intense suffering, we might not be overcome because our hope does no longer rest on the temporary pleasures and prosperity we expect in this world, but instead our hopes are placed on a life with God that follows this world. For Christ knows that when our hopes are tied to this world, our lives are forever filled with anxiety. Because this world is full of uncertainty and disappointment. And that will never change until the last day. Know this today. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you and us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The disciplines of the faith teach us this day by day, and other forms of suffering, if and when it comes, completes that instruction. So Christian friends, Rather than simply worrying about whether suffering will come upon you, know instead what God does with suffering. Through it, he gives you endurance and character that are necessary for living in this world that is so fallen and broken. And through it also, 
He removes from you your love of this world and its pleasures, and instead focuses you on a new creation and its eternal pleasures. Don't hear me wrong. It's not that suffering is good in and of itself. It's not. But it is that God uses suffering for our good. It's not wrong to try to avoid suffering. If you're doing things right now to stave off suffering in the lives of your family or your neighbors, know that that is good and God-pleasing to do. But you must also never forget that if suffering still comes upon them or you, God will use it for their good and your good as well. And knowing that is truly freeing. It frees us to sing, to rejoice, and to serve. So how do you know for sure, though? How do you know that what I've been saying is true? How do you know that suffering is something that God uses for good? Well, look to the cross. Is there any doubt? Is there any doubt that there was suffering in great abundance? Not your suffering, but Christ's suffering. And is there any doubt that from that suffering, God worked the greatest good you have in your life? Forgiveness and life and salvation were worked from that horrific suffering. Who knows what is to come? Oh, from the things that are on the news today, or those things that will be on the news in coming months or coming years, or just from the things that go on in your life every day. But this you can know for sure. Whatever comes, God will use it for your eternal good. So pray and give and fast and accept whatever suffering God allows, knowing that God does not retreat when suffering comes, but he remains ever near. When we are weak, God saves us. It is what he did at the cross, and it is what he does even now. Go in his peace. Amen.